listeners, and welcome to episode 4 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, where we share our opinions on games, news, and movies. I'm Barry. I'm Craig. And our first segment this time is going to be straight into the news, because Nintendo did a direct out of the blue. No one knew it was coming. It was a nice little surprise. Yeah, and I'm excited they did what they did. So... Uh, I have all the notes here, so I'll just kind of go over everything they announced. Not going to lie, this is more aimed towards you anyway, so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I should say we are trying a new recording thing. Hopefully we sound better this time. We'll find out in the long run. (laughs) Yep. But back to the Nintendo Direct. So I guess we'll probably start off with the major news first. Uh, they have announced that there's going to be an ARMS character in Smash. They have not announced who it is because there are multiple characters in that branch, uh, in that certain game. Right. But that's, that, that's all we know. They ended with a graphic of all the possible characters it could be. Here's my question on that then. Was that that popular of a game to warrant it? Because I don't think it was that popular. So... Arms sold well because it was one of the. It I was think, one of the first, first ones, right? Yeah, one of the first like Nintendo kind of exclusive games that launched, and the Switch was still pretty young in its life cycle at that point. Yeah, I remember playing it when I got my Switch, but I didn't think it was anything that special. It's just weird. It's interesting, I guess, more than weird that they chose to go with the character from Arms. Yeah, I think for the most part, Nintendo was maybe looking to get more of a representation of ARMS into it, and everybody was so mad about Byleth being that final character in the in the character pack of the first season of it. So they, I'm this is more out of the blue, so they might be trying to play it safe just to see with how the reaction is with it. Yeah, I'm personally okay with it. It's you know everybody's complaining about Byleth is oh it's another sword fighter, oh it's another Fire Emblem character. Well, this is neither, and most likely this is a melee character. There are a lot of interesting things they could do with this character. Mm-hmm. If and um, and you've played Arms, Craig? Yeah, I have. So they've released a whole bunch of like new characters. From that, if I were to pick a character from that franchise, I would say they aren't gonna do the the main guy. I can't remember his name at the moment, but the one in the advertising of the game at first, because he's already an assist trophy. They have an assist trophy of him. Okay. In the game, I think what they're gonna do is do the the counterpoint to that character, which is Ribbon Girl. Uh, they showed her off during the demo when the game uh, was first announced. Yep. The re- the reason I have to think Ribbon Girl is, uh, one, this would be the first kind of female character that gets announced for the game that isn't just a side clone where Byleth has a male and female uh, type, but this is a solely female character. I think it would be good for Smash to kind of do that. Mm-hmm. And I guess the interesting part of picking that is the is the fact that in arms you can change out your your boxing gloves is what I'd... Yeah, I guess that's the word for yeah. it. Yeah, yep. And maybe there's going to be a way to maybe pick from an option of three gloves or something like that to make the character unique in a way. Because that's, that's how I could see that character going, and I think it would be a fun little twist on it for sure. I wonder if this means that they're 
getting ready to announce a, a second arms game, you know, as a way to like kind of get some hype around it. Yeah, that's a possibility. Arms did sell well enough because it was one of the first exclusives for the Switch that came out. Yep. I just think it's so deceiving because it sold well because when it came out, there really wasn't anything else to play. <laughs> so, I mean, I remember I played it for like a day, and after that, I was like, ah, it's okay. Yeah, my my problem with the game was I thought I thought it would I think it is fun, but my problem is, is I could never I never felt like the motion controls worked well enough for me. Yeah whether it was trying to punch or like they're trying to tell you to curve a punch and I would try that and it wouldn't curve. So that's, that's always the issue I've had with that game is the, is the motion controls did feel a little bit unresponsive. And a, and a lot of the bigger complaints about that game is just the gameplay is, you know, just two people fighting each other, which is what the game is. <laughs> yeah, correct. So, that was kind of the main headliner. I think for a lot of people, Smash is kind of the biggest game in a lot of ways still right now. Just down the list, Bravely Default 2 uh, was shown kind of having a set feature on it. They also announced a demo for it, which I should have a review of for the next podcast. A demo Apparently for played... the second Bravely Default? Yeah, Bravely Default okay. 2. Yeah, there's cool. a demo for it now. I really love the first, uh, the first one and... The sort of spinoff, Bravely Default, uh, I forget what the title is of the semi-second one, but regardless, I think I always like the job system in that game, and based off of my early impressions of the 20 minutes I've played of that demo so far, it's a lot of the same, and it definitely has, it looks a lot better due to the glow up on, I guess I'll call it on the Switch. <laughs> the glow up, yeah. We also have Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, and in sort of a surprise, uh, it's coming out May 29th, which is um, two months and a day from this recording. Yeah, and that's the third time this game has come out then, right? Yes, it originally came out on Wii. It then came out on Nintendo 3DS, which is the first, that's the way I played it the first time on uh, Nintendo 3DS. Okay. And now they're releasing it for Switch. I just remember seeing it on the Wii. Like, I remember when it came out, but afterwards trying to find it, it was impossible. So I thought it yeah. sold pretty well, unless they just didn't make a whole lot of copies. Yeah, I think from what I remember, the game the game did sell well, but also it was it, it was more harder to find copies. So I'm not sure how well it sold. But there are a lot of people who like love this game. There is a very cult following to it. I would call it, and. This gives Shulk more of a a limelight to kind of shine. You know, the Wii was popular, but most of the games that were popular were Mario Party, Nintendo first party games, which Xenoblade is, of course. But you really, it didn't lean on motion controls very much, which the Wii is sort of more known for. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to try it since I've never played it. Yeah, and the the surprise date of having it out from two months from now, I th I think is great. It's a smart move on Nintendo, and I just hope that the this edition adds more than just a copy and paste version of the 3DS. Yeah, maybe update the graphics a little bit. The next order of business will then be the Pokemon Sword and Shield information on their expansion passes. There's not a lot. The the little bit they announced was the legendary 
Cub Fu, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He's he's more given to you. And then there are two different evolutions. There is a darkness and a water type. And their whole thing is the darkness is a single strike martial arts technique. And the water type is a multi-strike. And you and Cub Fu, once... Uh, once you go through the training, go through one of the two towers, whether it's darkness or water, and at the end of that battle, uh, battles that you do with just Cub Fu, he evolves then, and then depending on what tower you take is the form he takes. Is this part of the paid expansion? Yes, this is going to okay. be part of the first one, which I believe is the Iron Crown. Nah, I, I... <laughs> Nobody There's knows. Like the... There's like the Crown Tundra. No, it's the Armor Isles. It is the Armor Isles. That is what it's called. Okay. I so, still, I mean, I dropped off hard. I know I had it on my list when we did our top 10, but I hit like a certain point and I just kind of fell off. So, well, that's the, that's the thing about Pokemon is that you finish the story mode, you finish the epilogue, which is in this game as well. Mm-hmm. But then there isn't a lot to do after the game. I've mentioned before the. My one big problem with the game is the Gigantamax features to get for certain Pokemon are very hard and don't make much sense to me. Yeah. Considering Pokemon is all about trying to get kids to play it. You know, you have to, you're trying to have them go to a certain wishing well, is what I'll call it. And you have to try to throw in a piece and hope that it's a Gigantamax and hopefully it's the one you're looking for. So just too many variables in that uh i'm definitely i'm already definitely oh wait or can you hear me yeah 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 okay sorry uh my power just flashed sorry (laughs) about that we got a little bit of a storm going on right now yeah no kidding (laughs) so uh, i'm definitely gonna play it i've definitely already pre-ordered it it's just gonna be a matter of hopefully there's enough content in this to make it worth it yeah and how much was the pass again it is thirty dollars for, and that gives you both expansions. Okay, so fifteen a piece. That's not terrible. Yeah, and it's it's going to be their answer to releasing like a Pokemon, let's say, Fist. I guess if we're going with Sword Sword Shield, because they wouldn't name it Pokemon Gun. That right. would just be while it would be absolutely hilarious. <laughs> it's it's the alternative to releasing a third version that is a combination of the two with a different storyline and a different legendary. Yeah. Makes sense. They then announced a whole bunch of re-releases, uh, a lot of them with 2K, but I'll just go over them. The release of the Bioshock Definitive Edition, which includes 1, 2, and Bioshock... Infinite. Infinite, correct. Yep. Borderlands 2 Legacy Edition, XCOM 2 some sort of edition <laughs> Catherine full body burnout paradise and star wars knights of the old republic and i'm not sure if it's one or two but okay. then there's also a star wars pod racing game that was uh yeah that, that was on, there i forget what console that was originally on yeah but th- those are kind of the bigger titles i know there is uh i believe they released panzer dragoon which was kind of a main it was something they really touted during the E3 presentation, but to just to kind of drop it here kind of seems like they kind of gave up on it. So <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm, it's a Star Fox 64 type game. So I'm, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to try it. But with them kind of 
taking away the publicity from it and just going, okay, here it is. I'm kind of worried that it's, you know, kind of half-baked. Yeah, it probably is. It probably started working on other things and forgot about it. That's a lot of remakes for the Switch, and I feel like that's a lot of what they're putting out right now. I don't know that we need Borderlands on the Switch. I guess if you haven't played them at this point, that's fine, but you're not going to want to play that handheld, not with the Joy-Cons anyway. Yeah, I definitely feel like they're releasing these to see how well these franchises do. Yeah. Take, for example, Bioshock. They haven't made a new one in a long time. Yep. So they're probably, the developers of 2K are probably just looking at, okay, you know, Switch is extremely popular. Let's yeah. get this game out to people. Let's see if they'll buy it and make whatever money they can off of it. I mean, I, I, buy, like I buy Bioshock on pretty much every console when it comes out, like the remasters, but... I don't think I really need it on the Switch. I won't play it handheld for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to see if Borderlands 2, depending on how well this sells, maybe they released a very... I imagine it'd have to run like crap in order for Borderlands 3 to be put on the Switch. Yeah. But that is uh, that 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 is maybe something that they decide to do. Yeah, because it was certain points when we are playing it on the uh, Xbox One X, it was chugging along a little bit. So I can't imagine it would run on the Switch very well. Yeah, and speaking of Borderlands, they did go ahead and release the Love Guns and <laughs> Yep. Is it Tentacles or uh is it is that what it is or Testicles? No, it's Tentacles. <laughs> it's definitely Tentacles. <laughs> yep, you're right. Sorry, I'm getting all my titles mixed up. <laughs> but Craig and I will definitely be probably playing through that. It is a really fun co op game for us and we'll yep. have our review hopefully of that sometime next week. They yeah, it came out late this past week. We didn't really have time to get to it, so we'll get there. Yeah, and the Star Wars games, they're looking to see how well, you know, Star Wars games sells. Like Fallen, Fallen Jedi, or Fallen Order isn't Fallen going Order. to... Yeah, Fallen Order. Wow, I'm horrible with titles <laughs> today. But that game isn't something that's going to be released on the Switch, but the... Disney and Star Wars knows how popular the Nintendo Switch is. So Yeah, I, I might actually pick up Knights of Old Republic on the Switch. I think that'd be cool to play again yeah, it, <laughs> for the for the hundredth time. For, yeah, now that it's literally out for every console, every tablet, every phone in existence. Yep, it just continues to come out. I think I have it on like regular Xbox, PC. It's just too many, <laughs> but I'll buy it again. Yeah, and uh, I'll consider it. I never actually played or beat those games, mm -hmm. now that I think about it. I do know a lot of people consider them some of the best ones. Yeah. but uh, It'd yeah, be interesting me, if you played it to see if you actually enjoy it, because for everybody else, it's just the nostalgia, because it hasn't aged well. I think it could be a game that they could remaster, and it would do very, very well, though. Yeah, there, I I know there are talks, isn't or I believe there are talks about you know there are other Star Wars games in the works, of course, because Fallen Order did do so well. Yeah. So maybe there's a Knights of the Old Republic three in the that'd be cool in the works. Yeah, that'd be fun. Be better than that, uh, the last Mass Effect anyway that they did. So. Well, yeah, I'm hoping <laughs> that they you know, EA. There are talks about them releasing a definitive edition for these consoles, which my mass effect dumb brain is going to buy all of them play of through course. all of them the same way that i played through them on the other consoles yep so we just we just see what happens you know please ea 
you know, <laughs> write the Mass Effect ship and just release a definitive edition of all of them. It's probably, yeah, probably some good money for them to make there. Easy money. Yeah, for sure. So that's what we have from the Nintendo Direct Mini. Uh, we'll now go into what we've been playing, which I've yeah. Give definitely... me that. Give me that Animal Crossing review. Yeah. So <laughs> I have. I have a verdict on Animal Crossing, okay. and I'm gonna. I won't beat around the bush. I'm gonna say if you have friends that have the game, if you're looking for something to do when you aren't feeling like playing Warzone or any of the other games, this game is really good at that. I. I would say buy it if you're a switch owner and you have friends, especially friends. When you invite people into your island, it's just so much fun to play around with and mess each other up or work on projects together. But Animal Crossing's good. This is by far, as of everybody, people who have played the past series have all told me this is by far the best that they have ever played of the series. I know in the UK this game specifically has outsold all other types of animal crossing combined already That's so the, crazy. The, the numbers for this game is nuts and i i think deservedly so if you're a switch owner this is a must-have okay and it's a first party nintendo game so it's going to be 60 dollars forever so it's not like you can really wait for it to go on sale i don't think so you might as well pick it up yeah, you, you know, there are chances that you can find a digital code for like $5 cheaper, but you're going to be paying between 50 to $63, including tax, depending on where you live, mm-hmm. no matter what for this game. What I really like about it is there is no, most games today, you know, are telling you, here's the next thing you have to do, start working on that right away, or here's a side mission for you to do. Animal Crossing really doesn't do that. You cook. They'll give you something to do, but it's all at your own pace. You are kind of left to your own to discover how the island works, what ways you want to organize your island and get other and how to get fishes, insects to add to your museum from other islands. The The game's a lot of fun. And last night I invited four people onto my island and we were just we were just laughing the entire time. The <laughs> we the game is just it's it's a lot of fun i didn't think that i'd fall for animal crossing this hard because of this simulation life simulation type game usually isn't something i'd like like i find the sims sort of redundant and boring but for whatever reason this game with its kind of cartoonish ways of doing things has uh really stuck out to me and i'm definitely going to continue playing it so what's the uh the main objective i guess of the game then that you're doing every day so you are always in debt to tom nook the raccoon the the financial overlord of the game is what i'll call him <laughs> yeah you start out as you start out like in a basic home and then once you pay that off he goes okay you can upgrade your house again you can upgrade your house again so you're always in debt to him so you're always trying to get bells and and pay him off Right. The thing is with that, though, it's, it's at your own pace. You don't ever have to pay them off if you don't want to. Okay. There is, there's a museum where it takes all of the – the first time you find things, let's say you caught in my Pacific Hemisphere, which my island's located in the southern. You catch a salmon for the first time. You donate it to the museum. 
and the museum then shows it off. Okay. So it's, you know, swimming in there. So everything you collect on, whether it's on your island or a friend's island, you can take it to the museum. And as long as you don't already have it in there, he puts it in there. So a lot of people, the collect-a-thon of the museum <laughs> is a lot of fun for people. The terraforming of the island, you can pick up trees. You can, and later in the game, you will be able to make landways you know you can literally change the island to however you want to look there really is no objective to the game you're just looking to you're just looking to continue paying off tom nook adding to your museum and having fun with friends and that's something that this game does very well on the nintendo online is of course shoddy as always but (laughs) of course it's it's Animal Crossing, and I definitely think this online aspect of it takes it to greater heights because you have this sense of community now between your friends who are asking to come to your island or what fruit you have or what you've collected. Everybody wants to see what your house looks like, and I have to I have to say one of the genius things that Nintendo has done is there is a phone called a Nook phone in the game, and there is this thing called Custom Designs, that if you link it to your phone and the Nintendo app on your actual phone in real life, you scan these QR codes and you can get custom designs. For example, I have a friend who is a Hockey Flyers fan and he downloaded that and his his character is wearing a Philadelphia Flyers jersey. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's If you go online, there are tons of crazy things. Uh, you can get jerseys of teams that you know people have custom designed you can get a whole bunch of customized clothes to kind of make your character feel like you you can you can there's there's a sort of depth to this game that i don't see in a lot where you you're trying to make your little villager look as close to you as possible sometimes Mm -hmm. and that adds to sort of the attachment and the realism of the game of you know just trying to pay off tom nook and go around and collect the thon stuff okay how many hours have you put into it i've definitely put over i couldn't tell you the specifics my switch is right next to me but i'm not gonna check (laughs) yeah but it's it's i want to say it's definitely over i think eight to ten hours okay and how how much are you usually putting in per day so there are times where i just go in and i maybe play 30 minutes a day okay but the island kind of moves with you as you progress through the story. So I have friends who are much farther than me, and they have a lot more villagers on their island uh, from day to day. Mm-hmm. For me, because I haven't built a store yet, because iron nuggets are so incredibly hard to get, <laughs> I I still only have the starter, the starting two island villagers that you get. And there's no like pay to win type model in there right to get money nope uh there there are a bunch of glitches like you never you never will put a real dime into this game okay uh none of your own money you pay the 63 bucks and you have the game you don't have to put another dime into it but people it's always fun with the animal crossing community and the exploits they find so there's been like million bell glitches there have been all these types of you know people do try time traveling in the game yeah so there are all these different things that people do 
to get a leg up in the game or to get their fun out of it. And Nintendo just allows it. And I think it's because Nintendo knows that, you know, this, this game can kind of do whatever it wants. Yeah. And it's not really putting you at an advantage if you glitch yourself into a ton of money, at least it towards other people. Exactly. Yeah. And with that too, they're doing seasonal updates. So you are going to be constantly, you know, coming into the game if you want seasonal exclusive things. I believe in April, and this was announced in the Nintendo Mini Direct, they're doing a Easter type okay. event. So if you want these seasonal Easter things, you need to be playing the game every day in order to get the most out of it. Yeah. So this is a uh, scratching the long lost Farmville itch for a lot of people, probably. Yeah, and especially <laughs> considering that this is a this is a day by day game. It doesn't work like stardew valley to where the clock in that game is accelerated unless you're time traveling on your nintendo switch and physically changing the date the time and date are the same way they are in real life okay so there is there's only so much you can get done in a day yeah. which kind of is nice for me because i'm i do what i want to do in a day and then i go back to playing something else i don't think but, they really want you to be playing this game for four hours a day anyway right yeah, but uh, I I feel as though a lot of people are getting their time in right now because they're doing all the time traveling. Right. People are so bored in their homes right now. <laughs> yep. That, oh, you know, why don't I just time travel in Animal Crossing, get to the next day and continue along? It's, it, it's funny because I've been talking to friends and some of them are already like midway through April on their Switch. Okay. So, you know, they they do it they do they get done what they're trying to and then they just go to the next day that's that's all they know how to do and that's what makes it i definitely think this game had the perfect storm considering the sickness came along of covid19 yeah and the the game is selling like gangbusters uh it's it is amazing how people have just attached to this game so very quickly yeah i think it still would have sold well if it you know if everybody wasn't quarantined because there was a bunch of hype around the game anyway, but it's definitely helping it because more people are willing to buy it who may not have otherwise. Yeah, and on top of that too, now that I'm thinking about everything I've been researching with the game, this is a lot of first games for uh, for like couples. So for example, there are a lot of guys who game who got Animal Crossing or girls that game who got Animal Crossing and they're trying to get their partner into it. And this is this is the type of game they're using, which is what I've heard. Yeah. There are a lot of guys who game who are like, oh, if you like The Sims, try Animal Crossing. And <laughs> that's why I believe that has a lot to do with why you can't buy a Switch new right now. You you can't find a Switch anywhere, yep. pretty much. Whether it's a Lite or it's one of the regular consoles, you... If you don't already have a Switch, you're going to have a hard time finding one. Yeah, absolutely. They're definitely which, selling. Yeah, and which only ends up hurting the game's sales anyway. Like these, I feel like because the the Nintendo Switch is in just short supply right now, I feel like the Animal Crossing's Animal Crossing true, sh true sales are going to be over a longer period of time. Because you aren't going, if you're looking to get Animal Crossing... You need to have a Switch if you don't already. 
So people are waiting for that moment where there is a Switch available and they can get Animal Crossing at the same time. Yep. And we might see a little bit more of an increase in sales too once everybody gets their uh, stimulus check. That could yes. be something that helps too. So. Yeah, and with with the talk of stimulus check, we'll, I'll just mention <laughs> I'm really interested in seeing uh, what the next-gen consoles, how their sales numbers are going to go for now. There are a lot of people who, yes, are out of a job right now and need that stimulus check more than ever, which mm-hmm. they need it. But the people who necessarily don't need it as much and are, you know, it's not that stimulus check is never budgeted into their account. If you're a gamer, you're going to take this and you're going to buy the consoles. Yep. Uh, yeah, we talked our- about that last week about seeing maybe if they announce the price and put up pre-orders to kind of combat that. I don't know. I guess we still have to wait and see, but I would be, I think both of us would be the people who would be willing to put the money down immediately to pre-order the consoles. So, yeah. And I feel like a lot of people who listen to this, you know, there was a choice between one or the other at the start Yeah, with the stimulus check though. There are a lot of people that goes, okay, I can get both now. Yeah. Depending on how much these consoles are, of course. Yeah, absolutely. You could technically get both and be in a good space, I guess. I don't know if you need both right away when they launch, but more power to you. <laughs> exactly. We And then I'll just kind of go over, we've been playing Call of Duty Warzone as per usual. We yep. really start to suck at it now, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, it's like we said, we were playing last night. Everybody's home, Everybody's a lot of people are playing that game, so everybody's starting to figure it out. So if you're not playing it, hours and hours a day like we are not right now because we're playing other games we're definitely at a disadvantage yeah it's i'm definitely glad warzone is doing as well as well as it's doing because it's only good for cod as a community but uh it's it's definitely hard to enjoy the game when you're getting killed 30 40th (laughs) and you can't kill anybody on top of it right yeah and they did just do an update to to tweak some things they changed the uh button to ping things more like apex which is nice but it also sacrifices what you're used to pushing so it takes a little bit of getting used to but it is nice to see that yeah i'm i'm waiting to hear the backlash on the way they've changed the controls (laughs) now because for for a lot of people you know they instead of pinging things if especially if you have a three-man group you've always just told them in an xbox live party or you're using voice chat to do so yeah so now that you have to switch between a tactical and explosive of some sort grenade with the up on the d-pad i'm i'm waiting for people to complain about that now because it's a disadvantage tactically to when you're having to fight yeah and i didn't dig deep enough to see if you can change it to whatever you want i would assume you probably could so that might be an option for some people i've played it enough now over the past uh day and a half that i'm used to it so it doesn't bother me anymore, but some people will probably just switch it back to the way it was. Yeah, exactly. And then the only real other game I've been playing too, where I started to play, I put about maybe two hours into it, was Fantasy Star Online 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out for Xbox, I think two weeks ago. And I remember playing episode one and two is what it was called on the Nintendo GameCube with my brother and friends that I was neighbors with at the time. So I was trying to see if I still liked that game or if there was some sort of spark to it in a way. Yeah. Definitely playing on my own is not is definitely not as fun. So 
you know, I'll have to find some sort of allegiance or group to start playing in to see if it becomes more fun. But the, if you are an Xbox Ultimate Game Pass member, you get this starting armor and starting weapon mm-hmm. that are right now broken in the game. <laughs> awesome. So uh, you start out really overpowered because you can either get it or you can't. It's funny. Uh, when you start up the game, you go through the tutorial, of course, and then there are all these messages of all the stuff that you can redeem because you're an Xbox Live Ultimate Game Pass member. And if you click on it for some people, it just says error and you can never get it. So people who are annoyed by like having notifications <laughs> on their screen – this is the worst because it still says that there are two like items for you to redeem and you can't grab them. Okay. Because the because the game because the game won't physically let you have it. <laughs> That's uh, something they should probably fix, huh? Eventually, but it is a game made by Sega, and I'm pretty sure like no one's working on this game. Is how I feel. <laughs> That's how Sega to, works. <laughs> yeah, they're all trying to revive the next Sonic. <laughs> they kind of tend to release games and then not update them anymore that's pretty much their mo at this point and i feel like exactly. this game's probably probably far down the list as far as keeping on top of yeah so let's uh let's hear what have you been playing do you have your verdict on doom yet yeah i i didn't finish doom yet i'm close to the end uh i'm still gonna go with i'm gonna say if you enjoyed the last doom then it's gonna be a buy However, it might be something that if you're kind of hesitant on, you're going to wait for a sale. Maybe I think like $30 is probably the sweet spot for this game. Um, It's very good. It's a lot of the same. Uh, They changed some things. I did get the grappling hook, which is what everybody was kind of talking about. It was like the big game changer. Um, And it's on the bottom of the super shotgun. So if you played the original one, they had the super shotgun in there, but it didn't have the grappling hook on the bottom. So it basically just enables you to hit the left trigger and then it'll attach to an enemy and pull you into them. And then you can shoot off the super shotgun. And then also once you upgrade the super shotgun, when you hit them with the grappling hook, it also lights them on fire, which makes them drop armor. So it's definitely, I think, the best gun in the game. It's the one I use the most. Uh, It's just, it's a lot of the same for me. So I was kind of reading around trying to check and see what everybody else thought just to get an idea. And, you know, I've seen a lot of like, Hey, this is, this is one of the best shooters in in a while. This is the best shooter of the year so far, that kind of stuff. And it does handle very well. It's made very well, but for me, I guess it's just not hitting as much. Um, Not enough to me to say it's a terrible game. When I was thinking about it and I was trying to figure out why I enjoyed the first doom more than I'm enjoying this one. I think a big part of it was because it was so new when the first one came out. But also, if you think about... uh, Did you play Arkham Asylum way back in the day for like the 360 or the PS3? Yes, I did. I have played those games. Okay. At least for me, uh, when that game I loved. And then when Arkham City, I believe, was the second one that came out. Um, I know everybody liked that as well, but there was a lot of people who liked Arkham Asylum better. And I think it's the same thing with this Doom is the first Doom was very like everything was in one area, right? You were kind of in like a complex and the same thing with Arkham Asylum where everything took place inside Arkham Asylum. Whereas this one, you're kind of hopping around to different parts of the world. Uh, You go to Mars, that kind of stuff. And it's a lot of open 
open areas instead of claustrophobic closed areas, which I think work better for a, a game like Doom, where you're just getting overrun by demons and you have to kind of puzzle your way out of, I'm going to kill this guy, I'm going to use the chainsaw over here, I'm going to use the grappling hook, then I'm going to shoot a grenade, which is what they want you to do in the game. They want you to think that way. But a lot of these, you get into like the battle arenas, which they had in the first game, right? Like these big open areas where you're just supposed to kill everybody before you can progress. It just doesn't work as well for me because it's so open. So I think that's why I like the the original Doom, the 2016 Doom, more than this one. Uh, story is is whatever. It was whatever in the first one. Doom guy doesn't talk. Uh, I enjoyed the fact in the first one where anytime somebody would talk to him, he would like smash the intercom. I know you didn't beat the first one, but I, you probably saw some of that. Yeah, where he would just kind of like smash things and like break doors. He doesn't really do that anymore, which was, I think, I guess kind of the charm for that first game since he doesn't talk. It gave him a more of a personality. Whereas in this one, he just kind of walks along and does his thing. They put a little bit of like, they have other NPCs in the game that will like run away from them because they're scared of them and that kind of stuff. But I just, there's not as much charm there for me. So if you're looking just for that, like tight, gameplay that doom has for sure pick it up but i think if you're looking for more than that you're going to be disappointed and that might be kind of a controversial take for some people but that's how i'm leaning right now yeah i've i've been doing a lot of research just on doom eternal because that game i believe is really fun to watch i enjoy watching people play that game Mm -hmm. especially people who are really good at flying around and you know almost not getting hit while moving at 100 miles an hour is what it seems like when i watch it yeah i mean don't don't get me wrong there's like when you have those times where you pull off a whole bunch like a big chain of killing all these demons you feel really good and it looks really cool but for me that's not not enough for me to continue to play like i'm playing like one level a day because these levels are long they're like anywhere from you know an hour to two hours long to beat a level. And by the time I beat a level, I have no desire to go play another one. I always play one and then I'm like, all right, I'll play another one tomorrow. Yeah. And, th- and that's one of the complaints that I continue to hear about the game. And then also I hear that because this game requires so much moving and frantic sort of upbeat combat at the end of a level, you're almost tired. Yeah. <laughs> I can like feel the, the eye strain. When I get to an end of a level, I mean, and the music is good. Like the last one, it gets you pumped up, but yeah, man, when you get to an end of a level, you just want to break, which is probably not, is not what you want with a doom game, right? You just want to like blast through that game in a day or two, but I just don't think it's possible. At least not for me. Yeah. I, I definitely think from, from my perspective, somebody who likes watching doom, I don't think I'll ever, tr- I don't think I'll ever beat this game or play it. I think the game looks gorgeous. I think uh, there is a fun, monotonous feel to Glory Kills Get You Health, yep. Chainsawing Gets You Ammo, ammo. Yep. and then the fire the fire flame attachment apparently gets you armor. Yeah. Yep. So I, I definitely like the fun sort of puzzling mechanic to that. But for, for me, it is so much more fun to see somebody who's good at the game play it than for me who, you know, gets gets tired and gets sleepy from playing animal crossing. <laughs> I can't imagine the, the sort of tiredness I'd feel from beating a level and yeah. feeling good about it. Even there was also 
a couple of the levels that when I finished, I was, it was almost felt like a little bit of motion sickness because everything is moving so fast and like you have to turn and shoot and fly around so quick that it was hitting me a little bit, which I don't think I've ever had happen before. So something to keep in mind. Any other games that you've been playing so far? No, I mean, I have have a lot of extra time right now, but I have just been sticking to Doom and Call of Duty. Uh, played a little bit of NBA 2K, jumped back into that. Nothing's really changed there. Um, I did download a bunch of games off Game Pass. I just haven't gotten to them yet, so maybe next week I'll have a little bit more on that. But again, I was just trying to get through Doom, and I was just having a hard time forcing myself to, so... Yeah, and then one thing I'll just add with like stuff I've been playing and a lot of pe- and a lot of my own personal friends have been asking me to play like the Ori series in general, mm-hmm. whether it's the Blind Forest or Will of the Wisps. I got through the first dungeon of the defin- uh, of the Blind Forest and I'm really having a hard time like getting <laughs> into it, getting back into it, I should say. Yeah. The the game's a lot of fun and these games do have their own merits to them. But and I definitely think if you like Metroidvanias and you're looking for something to play, this is the game for you. But with me trying to keep up with all the new games coming out, I have Persona 5 Royal coming next week. Mm-hmm. We have Final Fantasy 7 coming, uh, I think, two weeks after that. And those are both. I don't know how much about Final Fantasy 7, but Persona 5 is a 100 hour plus JRPG. So I am going to be throwing myself into the wind, beating that game (laughs) again, again. And then who knows how long Final Fantasy seven is at at this point. It's it's a JRPG, but as we all know, it's only supposed to be Midgard as far as we know. Yep. And I did see something just last night that said that it was on par lengthwise of the original Final Fantasy seven game. So take that for what it is you're probably looking at 30 40 hours which yeah <laughs> i'm just so nervous that it's going to get boring i really am yeah and with us talking about final fantasy 7 now we should mention that if you haven't already heard it's going to be very hard to get a physical copy of that game according to square enix yep. they've been saying that it's it could be difficult for people to get their hard copies on the games because of COVID-19. And I imagine that right now, a bunch of warehouses, whether it's Amazon or other retailers, like have one box of this game in stock and that's all they're going to (laughs) get. Yeah, I did. I got an email from square yesterday that said pretty much that, and that their focus was that everybody who pre-ordered the game would get their copy on time. But once it gets past that, they're, they're not, they don't want to do any guarantees as far as how many will be sitting on shelves. Not that you can get into stores right now, really. But I think the safe bet is if you're going to get it, just go ahead and pre-order it. Yeah, and I'm definitely interested to see for people who got it from Amazon, whether or not Amazon, if you haven't already heard, is going to be notoriously taking like months to get some stuff out if it's not essential. Yeah. So I'm wondering whether or not they're going to honor the street date of Final Fantasy VII and try to get it to those people on time, or whether or not they're going to go, well, Final Fantasy VII isn't essential. You're going to have to wait a month for that or something like that. Yeah, and in that case, you just buy it digitally. 
because you know it'll be up on the Xbox and PlayStation Store anyway. So I don't, it's not a huge loss unless you're like me who likes to trade in games when they're done with it to help with the cost of other games. But if you don't care about that, just pre-order digitally or buy it digitally the day it comes out. Yeah, and then that's pretty much it for the new segment here. We definitely added more to it than I thought we were going to. <laughs> yeah, and for the for games we've been playing. So, Craig, you are the movie guy. <laughs> you are the one watching movies while I am sitting on my butt. <laughs> yeah, trying trying to get better at editing and that kind of thing. So tell tell me about the movies you've been watching. You haven't watched any movies this week, huh? Uh, I think. I have watched three. I've, I've I've watched episodes. Star Wars episode three, uh, Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. A New Hope. I, I've been going back and looking at a lot of the past movies. I haven't really watched anything that I haven't seen yet. Okay, because I haven't gone to the movies because you yep. can't go to the movies. Right. Yeah. I mean, the good thing, I guess, that comes out of this pandemic is the fact that. It seems like almost every major movie company is releasing movies digitally early, uh, which just leads to this massive dump of movies that I've been trying to keep up with this week. Uh, I've personally knocked out this week The Invisible Man. We talked about The Hunt a little bit last week. Uh, the Way Back, Bloodshot, and then I also watched Bad Boys for Life. And there's still more movies that have dropped that I haven't watched yet. So it's... It's a bit much, and that's kind of factored into me not playing games as much because I was trying to get through all these movies. There's just there's a lot, which is good if you're stuck at home. Um, Let's start with we'll go with the Invisible Man. I know you watched the trailer for this, right? Yeah, that's the one I was actually going to ask you to start with first because, like, I'll read reviews on movies even if they're not my type. But for this particular movie. We're looking at, you know, a lot of good reviews came in for the movie and it was all saying, well, despite its corny plot, it's actually (laughs) a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, the plot itself is it is corny. It's pretty basic. Uh, You know, this this lady lives with her boyfriend who is an inventor. Basically, you kind of look at him as like a Tony Stark, I guess. Uh, They live in this big mansion. He has a basement laboratory that looks almost identical to tony stark's laboratory and uh he's abusive he's physically and mentally abusive to her so she sneaks out at the very beginning of the movie in the middle of the night and that's you know the whole plot is she sneaks out he gets upset because she's the only person that's ever uh said no to him because he's so used to everybody saying yes because of his money and how smart he is so he has made a suit that makes him invisible uh and that's your main premise of the movie it's not when i watched the trailer they don't really give that away and it's not where i expected it to go but despite the fact that the plot is corny as hell it's a very good movie i mean the whole whole movie is she leaves she's living with a friend because she's afraid to go out um she gets a call from this guy's lawyer who happens to be his brother and says that hey uh he died he left you, you know, this amount of money um, that's going to be deposited into your account every week. I think it was like $100,000 every week. And obviously, obviously he did that to get her bank account information so he could figure out where she was. And then, you know, he starts 
stalking her at the house she's living at and messing with her and making her think she's crazy. Um, it steadily progresses. It goes from him following her around, just kind of making her feel uneasy to starting to actually physically mess with her. And obviously nobody believes her at that point because yeah. you can't see him. Um, and then it progresses from there where he starts killing people, uh, setting her up for murder, all kinds of stuff like that. There's a big, big twist at the end, which is you can kind of see coming. But for the most part, it's a very, very entertaining, you know, hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes. And I would definitely say it's a rent. Um, unless you just totally fall in love with the movie. I had a blast, but again, it's not something that I'll probably watch anytime soon. So no need to buy, but you can rent it digitally. I think it's like 20 bucks right now to rent it for 48 hours. So that's not bad. Or you wait, you know, tell the regular digital, because I think that's normally 10 or $15 or something like that. But definitely check it out. Um, those kind of, it's something that's a little bit, I don't want to say original because obviously there's been Invisible Man movies in the past, but just something a little bit different than what we're used to seeing. So definitely run it. Check it out. Now, would Tony Stark be jealous of this man's <laughs> invention? I don't think so. Um, I think Tony Stark would still be smarter. It's just this guy has come up with an invisible suit. Kind of think okay. of it as like an invisible Iron Man suit, basically. Yeah, it was funny because looking at the trailer, I had just thought like he had somehow invented a way to spray paint himself invisible. <laughs> so yeah. hearing it's a suit definitely makes it a bit more interesting. Yeah, I mean, they do get they try to make it seem plausible, right? His suit is just covered in cameras that just, you know, reflect the surface back. Much like the Tony Stark plane in <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming. Correct, correct. So they're they're trying to make it, I guess, as believable as possible. Um, I know there's, I've heard of suits kind of like that, that the military has used that tend to like use cameras to reflect. So that's where they're headed with that one. But definitely Tony Stark would not be jealous of him. <laughs> so let's go ahead and then jump to, if we're jumping from that Tony Stark, let's go ahead yep. to Bloodshot because he's technically, <laughs> I guess this is considered a superhero movie. Yeah, yeah, it is a comic book movie. So I, I've heard nothing about the comic book at all until this movie was announced um, and I watched the trailer. It's a Vin Diesel project. So, you know, Vin Diesel, when he finds something, he puts a lot of love into it. And also it doesn't tend to work out as well as he hopes it to. <laughs> um, it's an entertaining movie. It's, you know, basically he's a, uh, he's a guy in the military who gets killed. Uh, they bring him back by injecting all these tiny, tiny robots that live in his bloodstream. And anytime he gets injured, they heal his wounds for him, kind of like Wolverine. Uh, the difference would be that these machines have to recharge, so they only work for so long before he has to go back and essentially plug back in to recharge. That's, yeah, I was going to call it like plugging back in. Yeah. Yep, yep, he has to recharge them up. Uh, the twist on the movie would be that he finds out that every time, you know, when he wakes up after he dies, he gets killed by, uh, I forget the guy's name, but somebody who, you know, kidnaps him and his wife and kills them both. So when he wakes up, obviously, it's Vin Diesel. He's angry. So he gets going to go find this guy and kill him. And it basically turns out that the company that brought him back to life is literally just 
has a program that makes up dreams. And every time they wake him back up, they're putting a different face on this guy who killed him and his wife so that he goes and kills them. And all these people he's killing are people that the head of this company has worked with that came up with these machines that he put into Vin Diesel's character. That, so, that, that's a plot. It, that is a plot. It's a plot, yeah. Uh, there's other people who have, I don't know if you call them superpowers, but that are in this company. Uh, there's a girl who her lungs got ruined by gas, so she has artificial lungs that enabled her to uh, breathe underwater, which they don't really use. Um, but also she can be around any type of gas and it won't kill her. Uh, there's a guy who had his legs blown off. So he has artificial legs that make him super fast. And then there was a guy who uh, got blinded when he was in the military. So he has this contraption that sits on his chest that enables him to see from his chest out. Um, and he's like a, uh, like a sniper basically. And he has like drones and that kind of stuff. Those are the okay. main, those are like the main, I wouldn't call them superheroes, but I guess modified people. Uh, so that's, those are the main characters. The interesting thing about the movie though, is this big corporation that, you know, brings them back to life. The building that they're using in the movie is Stark Towers. Like it's the same building, which is hilarious. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that was on purpose, like as a nod or whatever, but also there's like a big ending fight scene at the end of the movie that Vin Diesel has with, uh, one of the modified people. And it's taking place in the elevator shaft from the same elevator that Captain America fought like those eight guards in from the winter soldier. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So like it all, it's, it was interesting to see that, that they use the same locations and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that part was interesting to me. Uh, This movie is, it's a rent. I wouldn't say it's, it's definitely not fantastic. I don't, it's not on the level of a Marvel movie. It's Vin Diesel doing the best he can. And I did make the remark when I was watching it. If you compare this movie, even though it's not great, if you compare his acting in this movie to his acting when the first Fast and the Furious came out, he's come a long way. I wouldn't say he's on par Oscar worthy wise, but he's definitely gotten a lot better. Okay. So now one of the movies I ended up watching on Disney Plus this week was The Pacifier. How would you compare the two roles? <laughs> the between Bloodshot and The Pacifier. I haven't seen that movie in a while. So I, I honestly don't remember. I remember thinking the movie was funny. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just definitely like I've it's funny seeing him take, you know, we know him for the Fast and Furious movies and yep. I've seen some of these Disney movies definitely for Bloodshot. Like it's definitely fun to hear that, like the locations are sort of the same with yeah. sort of the Marvel movies. So yep. I uh, what I appreciate about Vin Diesel is when he does a movie and it's a movie he cares about and like you know he's putting some of his money into he does give it 110% and i appreciate that about him he may be limited as far as his acting chops but he does not hold anything back which is nice yeah so there is no of course i can't find a segue to go from bloodshot to bad boys <laughs> bad boys but Yep. Well, you know, Vin Diesel is a bad boy in the Fast and Furious <laughs> movies. So he is a bad I want to hear I want right. to hear about Bad Boys too. Or so this is this is one that I was going to go see in theaters and then I, I just kind of I think I ended up seeing something else at the time it was out. 
So I'm glad that it came out so early on digital. Uh, have you seen the first two? I have not, but okay. a, a li- these movies that I, ke- I keep seeing the trailers for, especially for Bad Boys, it looks like something that I might I might try <laughs> to get into. Yeah, so Bad Boys is a Jerry Brockheimer movie, and he has a very... He's kind of like Michael Bay. He has a specific style that he likes to shoot in, which is very bright, lots of explosions. Um, every Bad Boys movie has at least one ridiculous car chase scene, which is nice. Um, this is just you know a continuation of the series. The fact that it's been so long, they are a lot older, and they do play to that a lot uh, with like their characters needing glasses. A big point of the movie is. Uh, Martin Lawrence's character can't see and he's trying to shoot people and he can't until the very, very end fight scene where he puts glasses on and he can finally see. Uh, there's a, a lot of the bad boys movies have always been about humor and then over the top violence. Um, bad boys two, when that came out had one of the best intros to a movie that I, that I've seen, which is them uh, sneaking into a KKK rally. So they're very, the story has always just kind of been whatever. Uh, the story on this one is somebody that Will Smith's character had put away in jail for you know a long, long time ago, got out, and her son is uh, hunting him and a bunch of other people that he worked with in the past and just basically killing them off one by one. So it's not anything spectacular as far as story-wise, but it does continue the story that the first two had. And they do set it up at the end for another one, which kind of surprised me because I didn't think that Martin Lawrence or Will Smith really would want to do more. They are getting up there in age. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually follow through with that or not. But it's a lot of explosions, a lot of blood, a lot of humor. It's Will Smith humor. I think it's these movies have always been him at his best humor wise. He works well with Martin Lawrence. So it's definitely this one's a buy for me. I know it's rated very high. Um, but also I have a I have a soft spot for the Bad Boys movie. So if you've seen the other Bad Boys movies, this is a definite buy for sure. If you enjoy those. Yeah, I, I've the, the little contact I've had with that movie when it's watching trailers like, you know, it's the music from those movies. <laughs> yeah, I know it's set in Miami. So there's just I, I know that I, I'm not sure if it's the main song, but there's like it's Ritmo with mm-hmm. Jay Balvin and uh, Black Eyed Peas guy. So I definitely think I like the music coming from it. It's yeah, just a matter of- definitely has a, a heavy uh, Latin influence. It does take place in Miami and Mexico. Those are like the two locations in this okay. one. So it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, if I would say in your instance, since you haven't watched the other two, I would watch those two and then watch this third one just so you get like the whole story because, you know, the, all the characters from the other movies are in there, but they don't do any... They don't do any like backtracking to tell you what happened in the other ones. So okay. they just they just assume that you have watched the other two, basically. All right. All right. And then last one I have, there's no real good way to segue from bad boys to the way back. Uh, I don't know. Basketball something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I can't I can't think of a sports movie that Will Smith is is in. Or... He did all he was muhammad ali 
but that's boxing. So yeah, I I I can't think of a good segue to it. I was gonna do something <laughs> with like we could have went from one superhero in Bloodshot to the superhero Batman becoming a basketball coach. <laughs> basketball coach. Yeah, but I can't I can't mix bad boys <laughs> in with that. So we'll go straight to uh, bet. Uh, it's yeah, it is Ben Affleck. Yeah, it's Ben Affleck. Uh, so, I mean, this is this is an Oscar movie wrapped in a sports package uh this is ben affleck showing his acting chops if you want to put it that way um he is a former high school basketball player that was the best in the state and some things happened and he had scholarships that he didn't take and he's just basically a separated from his wife he's a drunk he drinks all the time and has nothing to do with basketball he gets called from his old school saying they need a new basketball coach. Um, just a very, very generic setup for a sports movie, right? The basketball team's not good. Uh, and he has to kind of. Delin- yeah, full of delinquents. <laughs> they actually aren't full of delinquents, which is, oh, okay. ki- which so is kind is of nice. It's, a, uh, it's like a private Catholic school. So they don't really go that route, which was nice. It's not like a Coach Carter. I don't know if you ever saw that with Samuel yeah, Jackson. Yeah. It's yeah. not like that. Um, so th- the one thing that is kind of not what I was expecting is the basketball aspect of the movie is kind of the secondary part of the movie. Uh, there isn't a whole lot of like they don't show a whole lot of the basketball games. Uh, it's mainly focused on Ben Affleck, uh, you know, him working on not drinking all the time. You know, you find out. He separated problems with that. (laughs) Yeah. You learn he separated from his wife and be, and became an alcoholic because, uh, his, he had a kid, his kid died of cancer when he was nine. So it's all focused on that aspect. I mean, you really get to the point where he takes this team that was terrible, gets them to the playoffs. But then when you get to the playoffs, that's pretty much the, as far as they show you with the basketball team. Um, you know, they always have to have not a climax of a movie, but a part where, you know, it's going very good. They're winning these games. They win the game. They need to win to get to the playoffs. And then some things happen. He come, he shows up late to practice because he went out drinking the night before he gets fired. And, you know, there's no, there's no redeeming. He comes back and coaches them in the playoffs. He literally gets fired and they don't show you anymore from, the uh, okay. basketball team, you know, they, they don't even tell you if they won in the playoffs, which was interesting that that's kind of where they went with it. But again, it's focused on Ben Affleck's character and not so much the kids, but it's a very, it's a very good movie. I'm going to say a rent. I don't think I need to buy it I, mainly because I was expecting, you know, I want to remember the Titans with basketball. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not what I got. So Definitely Oscar movie. I think when the Oscars come around, his name might be brought up in the conversation. But just don't go into it expecting, you know, a a feel good movie about basketball because it's not. So are there any any other movies you've watched or was that was that that was that was it? I still have a list of other movies I'm trying to get through, but I'll have more next week. It just it was kind of a marathon to try to get through all these movies. 
Yeah, expect uh, expect a review on Panzer Dragoon Bravely Default 2. I am going to watch The Tiger King on Netflix because it's all people have been talking about. Yeah, I have heard a lot about it. So whether or not I heavily meme it into the next episode <laughs> is going to be completely interesting. Okay. So uh, I do want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. I'd like to please make sure that you give us a listen and give us a follow for updates on the next episode. Please feel free to email us with any questions at highsensitivitygaming at gmail.com and follow us at Twitter at high as in H-I sensitivity. We yes. appreciate you guys listening and uh, just continue to share it if you guys like the like it and please email us even if you have any critiques. Yeah, questions, critiques, keep sending them in, please. Give us some more to talk about. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll continue to drown ourselves in movies and games until we start getting more questions and can block out 15 minutes for an email yeah. uh, section part of this. Yep. So we appreciate you guys listening again. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. All right. See you later.